Hello and welcome back to A New Grip, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed our first episode last week about slip-ups. This week we're going to dive a little more into our history. And I just want to take a moment and kind of talk about our, our journey to where we are now. Um, I'm, my name's Mike and my wife is Melissa. And we've been married for, it'll be 19 years, coming up here in August. Um, and for most of those 19 years, I was a pornography addict. It started back in college. I can remember, I still remember pretty clearly coming home or back to my dorm room from classes one day. And I walked in and my sweet mate, you know, he, he lived in the room right next to me and we shared a bathroom. Um, and I had my own roommate, but this was one of my sweet mates. He'd come through the bathroom. He was on my computer. He was looking at pornography. And he kind of sheepishly, sheepishly you know, slunk away and, and went back to his room um, after he closed whatever windows he was looking at. Uh, keep in mind, this is like the 1990s, so uh, computers were a little different back then. This is a giant monitor with a huge tower. <laughs> um, but he, he left the room. And uh, in that moment, the door was opened, and I understood that looking at pornography on my computer was a, um, a possibility. And so here I was. Uh, I, I don't know if I was even 18 yet. This was really early in my freshman year of college. I was at, uh, away from my parents and independent for really the first time of significance. And I was trying to navigate all of the changes in my life and being at college and... Um, and the stresses, and then here was this sudden door swung open, and, and I don't know if I just hadn't thought about it to that point, or you know, I don't remember that, but, but I do remember that that opportunity was planted, that seed was planted. And so that's kind of what gave birth to the, um, the addiction that I went through for about 20 years, and that was kind of the conception moment. And so I, I drug that into my marriage. And we battled it side by side for about 16 years, really 15 years for sure. And then the processing of that afterwards. Um, and, and we're still doing that. You know, we're still doing that. It's still a process coming out of that. You know, life is a process. Relationships are a process. You don't reach a plateau and be like, all right, we've arrived. You continue to work. You continue to grow closer together as you grow closer to God. And so we're still doing that. But there was some real sludge and darkness that we lived through for a very long time because of my addiction. So that gives you a little bit of, of, of background. And today we're talking about our Exodus Day, which is May 16th every year. And we think of that like we do our anniversary. It's a big deal. It's an important date. You know, the, the Jewish nation, you know, Hebrews, the Israelites, they celebrate and they've always, always celebrated Passover for thousands of years. They remember when God delivered them <clears throat> out of Egypt, out of bondage. They, they remember that. It's a big deal to them. And our Exodus Day, that's why we call it that, is similar. We remember what God did. And so if we go back to May 22nd, 2016... It was uh, Sunday morning, we'd been getting ready for church, and Melissa had had enough. And the, the irony in this is that I had actually, I remember I had been abstinent for a couple of weeks, I had not looked at pornography, and I was doing well. But all those years, all that time, all the different incidents of me looking at pornography, and then lying about it, and being caught, and then having to confess after the fact over and over and over again, uh, came to a head, and she asked me to leave, and that had happened before. 
It was not the first time she'd asked me to leave or indicated that it was time to separate. And before that, I had, I had begged and pleaded with her and, and just, um, just really not allowed it to happen, not respected her enough to, to see that maybe that was the path forward at that moment. Not that it was the end of our marriage, but that I, I just couldn't, it was just too uncomfortable for me to accept that. And I can see that now looking back. And so I, I just fought it. But that morning, May 22nd, 2016, it was like the Holy Spirit was speaking in my ear so audibly. And, and it was like, no, this is the time. This is it. You, you need to do this. And so I don't even think I argued or raised a word of caution or anything or pleaded. And I certainly, I know I didn't beg or anything. I think I just went and got my stuff and I left. And in that moment, it felt like rock bottom had been reached. Like that was it. I just felt lost. And the really uh, interesting thing is I, I trained myself so well with pornography that that was my escape mechanism when I was facing difficult, stressful, uncomfortable situations that I didn't want to face. And I went to porn. And uh, even though I had experienced a couple of weeks of abstinence, that's what I did. I went and I found somewhere I could view pornography, and that, that's what I did that day after she asked me to leave. Now, let me rewind a little bit. Uh, earlier that month in May of 2016, I was working at my friend's hog barn, and as I was showering out that day, I was just, I was done. I was done. And I just remember falling to my knees in the shower with the water running and just crying out to Jesus, just saying, I can't do this anymore. It was an authentic moment of surrender for me. I mean, I had said those words before, like, I can't do this, but there was still part of me that was guarded and it was not letting go. It was not truly surrendering. But in that moment, in that hog barn shower, at the end of the chores I did that day, and all the things that were flying around in my head, and all, all of the buildup from those years of living that way and bringing my marriage down and um, affecting my children and just the path I was on that just seemed like it was going nowhere and it wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't going anywhere. Just in that moment, I cried out and I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. And nothing happened. It wasn't like I stood up and felt this tremendous sense of relief and peace and joy it was like I'd said it, and then I finished the shower, got dressed, and left. But he heard me, and he, and things were set in motion, right? And things were prepared ahead of time. I mean, you know, this is God, right? I mean, he's omniscient. Um, he, he knew everything that was going to happen that had happened. He knew that I was going to have, that was my moment that I was going to surrender truly. Yeah, so things were already in the works, Things were already in the works. And so a couple weeks later, Melissa asks me to leave. And it seems like a devastating moment. And I don't want to downplay that moment. I mean, it is devastating. Right? And that is not in God's plan for us to separate. But because of where I had taken us, where I had brought us to, right? He, he was allowing that in our lives. And he was going <laughs> to, he was going to Romans 8, 28 it. Right? In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. And he did. 
He did that. That's the only way we are here now, by his grace. So we celebrate that day every year. And and so in the aftermath of that, you know, we were separated for, you know, three, four, five weeks, I'm trying to think. And and it's just amazing how he started to weave things together. You've ever heard about um, the example of a tapestry. If you look at underneath a tapestry, a rug, and, and you see all these loose threads and there just seems like um, just discord, uh, lack of order, chaos. You know, but when you flip that rug over, there is such a design at work. And uh, everything is, is put together just right. And, and the threads and the yarns are woven in such a way that they make this beautiful pattern. And so this is a, that's exactly what he was up to. You know, there are all these things going on and it seemed chaotic. And, um, and as we look back now, we can see how he was weaving things together. And so we just give thanks. Every year on May 22nd now, we just give thanks. And we try to make a big deal about it and celebrate it like we would an anniversary or a birthday or a holiday. Um, is it's a meaningful, very meaningful moment, a pivot point in our marriage, a pivot point in our relationship with God. Um, and so it's, it's a big deal. We celebrate it. And, and um, I would just encourage you to look for those moments in your own life, those Passover moments, those Exodus type moments where you can look back and see what God did and, and um, be mindful about that, be intentional about celebrating those things, marking them on the calendar, making a big deal about what God has done in your life. Right? And, and that will kind of recycle the joy and the peace that comes from those things and how he's delivered you, but it also is a great testimony to others that uh, you can be talking about those things. Or, oh, what are you doing Friday? Oh, that's that's our Exodus day. We're, we're celebrating. Well, let me tell you about that. Here's what God did in our lives, right? I mean, that's what he calls us to do, to testify. What a great way to do that. So we are excited to be able to do that every year. And, um, so that's our Exodus date. And and so it also just makes me reflect on the fact that that, that day, that's the last time I viewed pornography. That's four years ago. So I haven't looked at a pornographic image in four years. Now, in those four years, I've had slip-ups, and I've looked at things I shouldn't have looked at. And I'm, so I'm still processing through that. I'm still working. I'm still trusting more in Him. I'm still growing my defenses and being more intentional about capturing thoughts and about being strategic about kind of um, anticipating where the enemy is going to attack or anticipating times of temptation that are going to come. And I'm getting better at that all the time. I'm working on that. And in those four years, I've had slip-ups. I've had a slip-up recently. That's what our first episode was about, if you listen to it. And so what I want to talk about today is how have I been able to be porn-free for four years? And so I wanted to talk, you know, I tried to be porn-free for almost 20 years. And it didn't work. And part of it was I was trying to do it under my own power. And so I just kept falling on my face and failing and stayed in kind of just kind of a cycle. Right? I would look at pornography. I would feel the guilt from it. I would eventually be found out. I would feel terrible about it. But then I would resolve to not allow it to happen again. And I would pour myself into um, stopping that cycle. And, and not looking again. But inevitably, something would pop up in life. A lot of times it was financial stresses for me, and maybe for you it's different things that cause you to um, seek escape 
or to uh, want to run and hide. Um, for me, it was financial stresses. And so if those popped up, a lot of times it just it triggered a mechanism that, uh, that sent me back to the porn. And that's where I went. That was my escape. And then I would just feel the guilt and the shame again, like here I am again. The very place I'm trying to avoid, I keep coming back here. Oh, what do I do? <laughs> and so this, that feeling of despair just kept coming back and growing, really. I mean, that's what caused me to go to my knees in that hog barn shower, was just this, this despair, this total lack of hope in myself. I had no hope in myself. I had no hope in my future, no hope in what I was capable of. I was just hopeless. So that, that was me trying to get out of that cycle. And it didn't work. And I, I imagine you're there too, or you've been there, or you know somebody close to you has been there. And you can see that, you know, where we're trying to control and we get in this cycle and we're just hopeless. We're just hopeless. Like I know what that feels like. And, and know that you're not alone. You're not alone. And when we try to do things on our own, you know, hopelessness is often the outcome. <laughs> so when I finally surrendered, when I truly surrendered, right, and then I, I kind of opened the door and said, oh, okay, God, I need your help. I, I can't do this on my own. And so he took me on a journey from there. And, and doors opened up. I was able to go to treatment for my addiction and started to really dig in and find out what was making me tick, what was causing me to go to the pornography to escape, what was causing me to want to escape, and started to dig in. And that was so helpful. It was so helpful to know the underlying issues in my life that needed to be dealt with. So that was a big piece of it. But also uh, purpose having a purpose. And the more I learn about that, the more I realize we all have the same purpose, and that's to glorify God. And a second purpose, which is like it, is to make known the name of Jesus. Right? Those are our, kind of our twin purposes, to bring God glory in whatever we do, and to make known the name of Jesus. Right? And, and chiefly, that can be done by testifying about him in our lives, which is celebrating an Exodus day. And telling people about that and sharing your story about what God has done in your life, right? That's how we make known the name of Jesus. And then sharing the gospel story, right? Jesus came down, he died for us so we wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell. That our sins are forgiven, we are covered in his righteousness. Right? I've been learning about the armor of God and the breastplate of righteousness, which protects your life, your vitality, and that is provided to us because Jesus died on the cross and now we are covered with his righteousness. And that is very exciting and should make us want to go out and tell people how good he is and how good he has been to us. So having that purpose of glorifying God and making known the name of Jesus, right? I mean, that, that combats that need to escape. Right? And that, that shifts your focus from um, chasing after what the world tells you you need to focus in on what, what God has for you. That's a huge piece. And the thing is, we're designed with this void that needs to be filled. But there's only one thing that fills that void. And that, that's God. That's God's love for us. Nothing else can fill that. Right? Anything else we put in there, it's always going to need more. It's going to need more. And that's what happened with me with pornography. Is 
I always needed more. I was never satisfied with it, right? I could just binge for hours and hours without feeling satisfied because the void, it wasn't filling the void. And, and I think sometimes we end up doing that with like social media. We could just scroll through for hours and hours and hours and never feel satisfied because it's not filling our void, right? But when we are about the Father's business, when we are tuned in to Him and we're listening to Him and allowing the Spirit to guide us into His will for us, whew, that's when we feel satisfied. That's when we feel um, inexplicable joy. That's when we feel peace that transcends understanding, is when we are tuned in to Him. I just wanted to read out of Ephesians uh, 3. We'll start at uh, verse 17, it says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. You'll be filled up. And so that is what I've been experiencing more and more. And that's what allows me to leave that stuff in the past. And yeah, I, I stumble sometimes and I lose my focus. And uh, I, I push God aside. And so oh, I don't have time to do devotions this morning like I normally do. Right? I only have you know 10 minutes and I got to get going. I got to get going because right? I stayed up late last night watching a movie or something and I slept in. And so I just don't have time for you this morning. God, I found out that really hurts me. Even if I don't slip up or struggle that day or fall prey to temptation, just not spending time with God in the morning for me, it affects my whole day. And I've gotten to the point now where I can see that. I can see that. I can perceive it throughout my day, how the lack of time with God in the morning is affecting my relationships, my work, my attitude throughout the day. I can see that now. And that is a blessing. So the, the purpose... Glorifying God, making known the name of Jesus, that's a big piece of um, sustaining um, my life now, of of not looking at porn. That's part of what's kept me away from it for four years now, is just having the right purpose and filling that void with the right stuff with God. Other than, you know, little things, um, you know, I had a smartphone so here's this pornography addict with a smartphone, and now I have a flip phone. So smartphones are so dangerous, and yet they're such an incredible technology tool that can unite us, that can teach us, uh, that, that can just make life easier. But there's a great risk there, too. So you just have to know that for yourself. Is it too much of a risk to have that in your pocket? You know, when I talk to uh, especially high school-age boys, just say, you know, that, that smartphone you have in your pocket um, that allows you to access some of this stuff like, like pornography in 10 seconds. You could, you could have a pornographic image or video on your phone in 10 seconds or maybe even less. You know, that's a lot of temptation to deal with, you know. And so for me, not having the smartphone in my pocket and having the, the dumb phone, the flip phone, that just gives me longer to think about what I'm doing. So if I'm trying to pursue and go after something I'm not supposed to be going after, I have more time to think about what I'm doing and weigh it out. And that's a good thing. 
If I have that smartphone in my pocket, I can get to pornography in 10 seconds. That's not a lot of time to process that decision-making, right? So that's a compromise that needs to be made. Or rather, a way to make no compromises is, is to think about your access points, right? And so I do that a lot. How am I accessing this, right? Um, for a long time, I didn't get on a computer or a device when I was alone because I knew I couldn't do that. Right now, over time, we've reevaluated that and I've been able to do that, um, but still being mindful. And, and like I said, recently I had a, a slip up, so I have to reevaluate that and say, okay, what happened? What lines did I cross or did I allow myself to cross? And what, how am I going to make amends? How am I going to um, make sure that doesn't happen again? What am I going to put in place? Um, I left my job too. I was a technology consultant. So again, just think about that. Here's this, this pornography addict and his job is a technology consultant, which means I have any technology I want at my disposal. I am traveling by myself. I'm staying in hotel rooms by myself with all of this technology. As you can imagine, that was a disaster. So I had to sacrifice that job because it did not uh, fit well in a recovery program for a pornography addict to remain in a technology-rich job like that. And that hurt. I loved that job. I enjoyed it very much. I mean, yes, I was a pornography addict while I was in that job. But there were a lot of parts of that job that I enjoyed and I excelled at. And uh, I had to give that up. I had to give that. I had to make that sacrifice, and that was not easy. But it was right. It was right for me to be able to um, move over to uh, the path God had for me that had to go. And he, he said that to me, and I dragged my feet on it for a while, and that hurt. That caused uh, trouble in my life because I wasn't being obedient. Um, staying close to him is so important. I am very thankful that he's allowed me to get into the a habit of meeting with him every morning. And... Um, like I said, some mornings I push him off to the side a little bit and I don't give him the time that he deserves and that I need to have with him. Um, and I've gotten good about recognizing that and um, making sure I get the time I need with him, which means sometimes I just have to get up earlier. Even if I haven't had um, enough sleep that night, I have to get up and I have to spend that time with him to uh, set my course for the day. And if I don't do that, I know that I can end up in, in uh, real trouble and, uh, and those around me can suffer because of it. So I have to be very mindful of that. So a lot of this stuff is just chalked up to I've had to uh, create a new normal in my life. And the old normal, um, having technology close by, uh, not having my guard up. Um, you know, I, I'm in a battle zone. We're all born into a battle. And we have to have the mentality of a soldier in a lot of ways. That we wake up in a foxhole and the enemy's right out there ready to take shots at us and try and take us down. And we have to wake up and approach the day in, in that way. And to um, figure out where those attacks are going to come from and what we need to do to protect ourselves and make sure that our armor is strong. And I didn't do that for a long time. I just was like walking around a minefield, kind of ignorant of what the dangers were. And so you have to have that uh, soldier-like mentality as you go out. And so that's a new normal. 
But these things get easier as you do them more. They become new habits. Spending time with God in the morning, that's become a new habit now. It's just automatic. Um, identifying where the enemy might attack, that's just become automatic now. It took time to get there and it took effort, intentionality. But now these things are in place and so it's easier to maintain them. So I, I understand this might sound like a lot, maybe or sound almost impossible, and but I, you know, he his strength is uh, unending, and he wants to give you all the strength you need to be able to do these things. You just need to trust in him and stop relying on yourself. Stop relying on yourself. I had to learn that the hard way. I just pray that you heed these words and. Um, you know, a wise man learns from his own mistakes, but a wiser man learns from the mistakes of others. So I just pray that as you're listening to this, that you are the wiser man or wiser woman, and you can learn from my mistakes, and you can stop the cycle of trying to rely on yourself, your own power, and trust in him so that you can put um, whatever it is that's slowing down what he's got for you in your life, whatever that is, if it's pornography or if it's some other kind of addiction or what, I mean, you know what it is, whatever it is that um, you just allow him to give you that strength to be able to put it down and leave it behind. Because I'll tell you what, it feels so good to say that out loud that it's been four years, over four years now since I looked at a pornographic image or a pornographic video. It feels so good to say that. And it seems impossible. I think about my old self and think about where I am now. And it's so hard to reconcile those two things. It can only be by his power, by his grace, that I can be here and you can be here too. Thanks for listening today. You can visit us at anewgrip.com for the latest podcast episodes and blog posts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at A New Grip or on Pinterest at A New Grip Ministries. Please let us know how we can come alongside you in this fight. Email us at anewgrip at gmail.com with any questions, needs, or prayer requests, and we will do our best to respond to your need. Your fight is our fight, and it matters to us.